What's happening, everybody? And welcome to this, another edition of the Dell and Keith Show. I'm Derek Kernahan, and we're back for a new year. Um, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Keith Anderson. Keith, how you doing tonight, mate? You all well? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, all good. All good, man. And also, we've got one of our other um, regular listeners and also regular contributor to, to the pod joining us as well. And Toner, Paul Toner, how you doing, mate? Yes, very good, mate. Happy New Year to you all. Um, Good to be on the podcast. I haven't done this for a wee while, so good to be on and hopefully we're good record tonight. I introduced you there like it was like Bond, James Bond, it was Toner, Paul Toner. I'm really <laughs> so sorry about that. I would never ever confuse you with James Bond again, so sorry about that. Um, no, I've not got the, I've not got the tucks anymore. I, I wouldn't fit in it, I don't think. <laughs> So, so like I say, guys, this is the first time we've been back since um, since before Christmas. Me and Keith done done, done our podcast on um, all about the geo train, which has been going um, very well so far. But guys, how was your how was your Christmas and New Year, Keith? All good, mate. I pretty good, man. Pretty quiet. Obviously, a few family members, COVID and all that seems to be affecting everybody these days. But now nah, I can't complain. How about how about yours? Aye, same, all good as well, really nice with, with the family, but uh, as always, COVID was reading, it's, it seems like it's a regular thing, reading its ugly head round there, um, with a few other family members, not my immediate family, luckily enough, but yeah, there are a few others that seem to take its toll on them. Uh, you a good Christmas and New Year, mate? Aye, Christmas and New Year is fine, um, uh, in terms of like the actual Christmas and New Year, if that makes sense, but the, uh, it's been... Be a bit of a roller coaster with the Toner family and my extended family, but uh, we'll not get into that at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but I know, quiet generally, um, spent with the family, and, <laughs> and same as what you're saying. COVID, COVID did put pay to some plans, but we still had a lovely time. Good man, good. That's good to hear. Right, guys. So this week we're going to we're going to have a look at. Obviously, it's January, which is the only probably one of the only good thing about January. Obviously, other than your two birthdays, of course, boys, don't forget them. Um, but of it's course. also it's also um, transfer window time, which is pretty much one of the most one of the most exciting times mid season. You know, we all the incomes are outgoing, so we're going to look at all the incomes, all the incomings, and well, the ones that have went so far, the ins and out so far, and then also, you know, other potential ones. What we would like to see getting done, people moving in, some people moving out. So we're going to have a quite a good index chat about that and then also looking at the fixture list now which is going to be pretty much fast and furious if you look at it it's going to be pretty wild <laughs> upcoming towards it you know with the with the game starting um, on on the 18th now due to the due to the powers that be deciding to you know not not to let some of the games go on um, in between the Christmas period as well which was which was massively disappointing so um, I think all is, you know, we don't really need to touch on it that much because I think it's obviously been, but as a massive disappointment, isn't it? Not to have those games on in between Christmas when you can see down south, you know how, you know how it was. It was making you sitting in there, you know, sitting in the house, absolutely raging with jealousy, wasn't it? When you seen that, Keith. Uh, some big games were were planned in obviously over the festive period as as usually are, and I think I, I don't know about about you guys, but. Personally, I love the Boxing Day fixture. I think it's always a good one, you know, just yep. especially when it's at home. And it seems to have been at home the last four or five years or something like that. Uh, it's a game I love. So, nah, definitely, um, I know we got that, but not, not the same, you know. We weren't able to go to the game and, and have a good catch your mates, get a beer, all that sort of stuff. So, it kind of killed the mood. Um, so, I'm missing it. It's, I definitely don't don't agree with the decision. Um, and it was a sore one. 
Yeah, yeah. Tony, what about you? What do you think about that, mate? I'm just happy that um, you know we're just following the science up here in Scotland because you know <laughs> COVID, COVID can COVID knows when there's more than 500 people sitting outside in a, in a football stadium, and it also knows when it can. You know, when it comes to the border between England and Scotland, it's not going to go any further than you know Gretna. It's fine with the guys down south. I don't need to worry about it and things like that. So, um, no, it's massively disappointing. I mean, it's. Well, by the time it, the, the game comes around, I think it'll be something like three weeks without any Rangers games, and that's like you're, you're jonesing already. You know, you're wanting to see the team, and you know, it probably came at the the wrong point for us because we've been such good form. You know, since Gio came in, um, for to to kind of break that momentum, um, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, you'll have, Gio maybe have had some time on the training pitch, so we might actually see an improvement. Which would be amazing, but um, I just it came at the wrong time. And, and Keith's right that kind of Christmas and New Year with the big games, you know, we should have had an old firm game on the the second of January and stuff like that, and we'd have been, you know, champing at the bit for all that. But so um, I disappointed, but you know, ready to go once once things are back up and running. Hopefully, we we kick on from where we where we have been. Yeah, yeah, that's a massive bit where we kick on now from from where it is. Obviously, we can't. Eat, we obviously all don't agree with it, but we can't. Eat, we can't do anything about it now. You know, it's it's all it's all done and dusted. So, yeah, it's like I say, as soon as we can get going, Tony, you make a really good point as well. Gio's had a lot longer time to spend with the guys and training, you know, and stuff like that as well. So I think that can only that can only help us as well. So let's go on to the main topic then, is the transfer window. So we'll talk about the. The incomings first, and also you know the potential bits where we would like to see some some areas of strength and things like that as well. So, um, we brought in only one person coming in so far, and that's James Sands from um New York City on an eighteen month loan. We are viewed after that to be a permanent one. Um, guys, first first of all, just before just just while we have a quick chat about um Sands, did you know anything about him? Use big on you on your MLS football or anything like that. Uh, Keith, I'll come to you first on that one. Uh, no, no, on all of that. Don't watch MLS, <laughs> don't know anything about the kid. Um, I'd be lying to say I did. I, I couldn't even have told you that City won the, whatever it's called, the Super Bowl or whatever uh, they, they won call the, it. Uh, they won the Cup, they, they won the league, isn't it? It looks like it's in a playoff and stuff like that. Tona, do you, do you know much about him? No, I'm, I'm pretty much in the same boat as Keith. I mean, I, I did know that. Um, they had won the championship, but that was just because uh, uh, on Twitter I got to see Ronnie Dyla in his pants as he seems to do, which is <laughs> apparently it's apparently perfectly normal behaviour. But then um, he has been over at the East End for a, a few years, so that there's you know no what counts as normal behaviour over there can might have rubbed off on him. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I would be I'd be lying to say if I, I knew anything about him. But the, the good thing that from what you picked up on some of the the reports and stuff like that. He seems to be quite a versatile player. Um, can fit in kind of as a centre half, one of these you know the the, the trendy new wide centre backs. Um, that, you know that and apparently Gio, when he was at final, did play with three at the back sometimes. So he could fit in there. He also could fit in as a six. Um, he can also play right back. Um, obviously there's a hole in the the squad for a right back as well at the moment. We'll come on to him, I'm sure. Um. So the, the fact he's versatile and, and we're all, um, you know, kids of Walter Smith and there's nothing better than having somebody who can sit on the bench and cover about four different positions. And, and, and that's, you know, I, I think 
the boy looks from the the, the the obligatory YouTube clips that you've seen of him, he looks to be kind of your standard. American players, I don't know what you guys all agree, the American players always seem to be quite technically gifted. You know, they, they can pass a ball, they can do all that. It's just that there seems, some of the players, there's a bit of a disconnect that they're not, they never seem to push on to that higher level. I don't know if that is that fair or... I think I think that's fair. I think um, when you talk about his versatility and the positions he could play, I just was having flashbacks of Matt Polster, you know, right back or centre mid or whatever. I was like, oh, fuck no again. But um, <laughs> no, you're right, T. I think that they're technically usually pretty good, but I don't know. I think it's it's a different game, isn't it, when you come to Europe and, and Britain especially. You know, there's a physicality, there's a pace to it. I, I think it's a bit more kind of nicer touch over there, you know, and you get time to be technical, whereas he's not necessarily going to get that here. But... I thought his interview was interesting. I don't know if you guys watched that, but he, he right away he was like, "Yeah, I'm a holding midfielder." He just went straight into, "I'm a six. That was when he was asked what, what his position is and what his style and what the fans can expect. He was like, "I'm a six. I can play centre half, but I'm a six. That was. I thought that was quite interesting. Mm, that's interesting when you think about it, because if you notice by the way that that we have been playing, particularly at home, you know, Kamara's been the six, and then if if the you know if the the two fullbacks are bombing ahead, he sort of moves into that sort of almost centre-half role, doesn't he, as well at times? Do you think he could be someone there to just be a, you know, a stop-back if it does go or, you know, or, you know, just, you know, if Kamara does eventually go, well, he he could potentially step into that position as a six and he can also, like you say, play play centre-half as well. Um, but it, it does, Keith, you're 100% right, it does give you flashbacks, a, a poster, you know, he can play every position under the, you know, he can play right back, play centre-half, play defensive midfielder. You're just a bit like, oh, is he going to be one of these guys who doesn't have an actual position where he's just getting passed about everywhere? And I think that can end up being some guy's downfall. I mean, look at somebody like Craig Moore until Advocate came in and said he was a centre-half. He played everywhere. You know, he didn't really have a, a natural position for such a long period of time, you know, because he was so versatile, you know, you hope you hope it doesn't happen, but he could fall into that sort of gap again, couldn't he? He he could, but I think what you say like it is probably the, the good thing for the kid is if he's adamant he's a six, then that, that helps. I think sometimes because um, you know if you're it, okay saying oh, I'll play for you know the, the, I'll play for the gaffer, just give me the shot and I'll, I'll do anything. That that mentality's good, but you need somebody that, that that's got a bit about them. It's like look, I'm I'm good here and I can do this that. And the point you made about Geo liking. Um, you know, a six, but also somebody that can sit in and, and you know, almost make a, a three at the back, or you know, do you let Balligan run on a wee bit? You know, Balligan's no no bad with the ball, he's no Bulgera, but he's not bad with the ball. There's mm-hmm. different t- t- uh, tactical tweaks you can make. Maybe the kid fits fits that uh, fits that mold. And I think the other thing when we come to talk about the outs, it's maybe what does that mean for a John Lundstrom, for example? You know, no, no longer in the door, manager leaves. What does that mean for him? But I don't know if you've anything you want to shout out and add. Um, I mean, versatility is not a bad thing, as I said. It's 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 having that ability to fit in. And as a young player, some sometimes your Craig Moore points is very good. Deal, and, and even further back again, I'm older than you guys, but Richard Goff started off as a right back, and eventually, you know, because that was where he could get into the team. And, you know, the younger players, I mean, he's 22, and again, that's that Scottish thing of saying he's 22, he's still a young player, he's not, he should be coming in and looking to command the position, but I suppose he'll, he'll want to get involved, and if it happens that he has to fill in at right back, or he has to come on and play as a part of a three-man defence, then he obviously will, because he'll want to get, 
minutes on the pitch. But you're right, if he if he sees himself as that holding midfield player and, and the, the tactical kind of Geo goes with us almost like five defenders and five attackers thing, then he can fit into that role maybe better than Kamara. Kamara's got some you know, in some of the bigger games you're maybe getting in with Kamara and Sands, let's say, or, or you know, two holders kind of thing to kind of solidify it. Uh, and Sands might come in in those type of games to give that kind of more solidity to the midfield, uh, you know, back to the, the kind of two pivots that we had when, you know, Davis and Kamara were, were playing deep um, yeah. in the in Gerrard system, you know. Um, you know, you're talking because, you know, you know, the games that are coming up, we're going to wait to Pitodri, we're going to wait to Parkhead and, and you need to be, you know, you need to be defensively sound in those games and, and you know, earn your right to go and win the game kind of thing. So in those types of games, you might be, you might see him being involved in, in initially that, but I don't think his versatility is necessarily a bad thing. And and to come back to Matt Polster, we all know why Matt Polster didn't work out. It's because he was knackered. I would be knackered. <laughs> as well, you know. Very good point. Very Every good time point, he turned then. up for training, he was just you know blowing at his hole. So. <laughs> <laughs> good point, T. Good point. Good point. Aye. So, so guys, like I said, Sands is only one in. We'll, we'll probably much just have to wait and see what happens with him. I mean, the good thing about it is, is you know, it isn't a permanent sign. You know, it's an eighteen-month loan. This, this is a perfect opportunity. This, you know, next, you know, couple of months. It's maybe it's, it's a bit like you know, you know, when we got like Scott Wright in, and you know, this time last year, get him in for the six months, let him bed in, and then next season's when you'll hopefully see him, see him kicking on. But it's a, you know, it's a good, it's a great opportunity for. For the, for the guy anyway, you know, 22-year-old, over to one of the biggest clubs in Europe, you know, it's it's awesome for him, so... I, I think, Del, just lastly, I think that's a good point, and we need to remember, he's just, like, it's American pre-season, or it's off-season or whatever, right, so he's not coming in all guns blazing mid-season like, like we are, he's coming in, you know, just off the couch sort of thing, so maybe taking six months and then next season's the real acid test is probably a good shout. Yeah, like definitely. He's... Definitely. So, guys, let's have a let's have a chat about um, the rest of the transfer window, then particularly incomings. Um, Toner, I'll start. Is, is there any areas of strength you would like to see? Obviously, we've, we've been linked with linked with a few with a few guys in there as well. But is there any positions where you would like to see us um, strengthen? Yeah, I think I think we're all kind of recognise that at the moment we need a. I think we need someone on that right hand side of the kind of attack or midfield. Hadji's been playing there, and the, like seems to be. I think we've commented on it on our kind of WhatsApp chats and stuff like that. He's he's almost been undroppable in that kind of right hand side, but not been really effective. Uh, I would say in that role as or as effective as he could be. Um, so there's obviously the, the natural links to the boy Scott Olsen from from Italy. Um, playing as that kind of wide wide right, but he cuts in on the left foot and, and then you've got that kind of similar player in Kent on the other side. I think I think that's where I would like to see definitely something in that kind of position. Um, and then the other position, I think, is centre-back. Um, we're obviously been linked to a couple of centre-backs and I'll uh, yeah, maybe let you guys talk about who's been, been linked, but with the injuries we've had there, with Balogun being out long, you know, Balogun's not played under Gio, I don't think. Um, oh, he hasn't. Gio's been here since 
Gio's been here since the start of November. His, or, or his last game was a Hibs game. Aye. And we've had Bassey, and Bassey's been excellent, um, filling in. Uh, and Hillander's been out for long time. Hillander's been out since before before then as well. So just, you know, and Simpson couldn't get a game for love nor money at the moment with looks of things. So I think if Simpson, especially if Simpson goes, and that's hopefully going to be one of the outs, we definitely need a centre half. I think this this side of the window, I know we're linked to Bosman's main, you know, the two main names that I've seen are Bosman links. But if we could get if one goes out, we definitely need one to come in. I would say at the back as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely, Keith. Keith, what about you? Um, what you're thinking about areas of strength? I know Tony sort of mentioned the the, the two main ones. Is there any? discuss them in a bit further, particularly the centre-half positions? Um, no, I would agree those are the, the main things. Centre-half is the main one. Um, and I, I don't know that we can go the window without bringing somebody in, kind of regardless, to be honest. Um, so I think that that's the main one for me. Wide right, yeah, I, I, Hadji's, he's not really got the pace out there. Um, I think Gio likes him because he's got the Kent thing where he's good with both feet. He can go, you know, you don't know where he's going to go, but even if you don't know where he's going to go, he's not really got the pace to actually get by anybody, it seems. So, as a winger, I don't think so. I think more, maybe more as a ten in the middle. Um, so I definitely it right. And then the other one that's that's maybe for me is is, is centre forward. Like without yeah. Alfie, especially when we go with with the you know the the kind of wide the wide two. I see Sakala more as as a wide. He's definitely not nothing like Alfie. Uh, Defoe doesn't seem to be kicking about. And then you've got um, Roof, who's injury prone slash away with Jamaica coming up. I don't know. Maybe we just do we look for another nine. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a sensible option as well. Um, looking for someone else because it seems like, you know, like Defoe. They they basically said if if you, if you look at Defoe, you know, he's he's not part of the the coaching team anymore. You know, he's a player, but he's only really played. He came on was it against Livingston. He came on for a yeah very short period of time, and since then again he's no been he's no been anywhere near it. And again, he's coming to the end. He's, he is coming to the end of his fantastic career in there as well but yeah it'd be interesting I think the centre half stuff seems seems to be picking up a lot of pace as well you know we've been mentioned um, been linked with uh, John Suter a lot from Hearts which has been pretty highly linked as well and then um, the VTS captain Denny you know how to say his name Tona do you I imagine you're a guy for I think it's, I think it's pronounced I think it's pronounced Doki but um, Doki. I'm, don't hold me to that right <laughs> so again um, these two these, these two boys sort of fit the Fit the mould, you know, ball playing centre yeah. half, big, you know, and stuff like that as well in there. So, I it seems like the same. And obviously, Gio would have done his research on the on 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 the um, on Doki as well, who is a he's only what is he twenty early twenties, and he's the captain of ETS and stuff like. That. So he seems to be, you know, he's got pretty good pretty good raving uh, reviews about him. I think there. the thing about both of those players are they're being linked in a Bosman, and when we know what. You know, we've had it a couple of times now in the last couple of windows. We've had the, um, you know, agreeing the deal for Kamara, and then he came in. We had the agreeing the deal for Scott Wright, and then he came in late in the window. So if we can get the pre-contract stuff kind of agreed, then we, you know, we go in with a bargaining position to say, well, you know, let's let's take him now. What would it take to get him? Uh, with Doki or however you pronounce it, he's two million pounds is what they're suggesting is going to be his. You know, if we're signing them this side of, uh, or we're signing them in this window, it's going to be take two million pounds to buy them. Um, 
So I think maybe he might well be the one that comes in in the summer, and if we can get a nominal fee for for Suter um, and bring him in, because Suter, I think Suter's making noise in the press today that if he does agree a pre-contract as he wants to try and move in this window, because there's nothing worse. I mean, we've seen it with Jordan Jones where you end up in a real conflict of interest where you're playing for your, you know, you've got to give your all for the club that you're still employed by at the moment, but you then yep. do something to the detriment of the team that you're going to. And Jordan Jones obviously did the work out, but, you know, they had that game where he, where he scored the winner and shushed the crowd and all that kind of stuff. And it was just, it puts you in a, a really difficult position. So I think yeah. Suter makes more sense. And I think we could probably get that done relatively cheaply. Um, to get him in in this window uh, and maybe leave the, the, the Dutchman to the to the summer. Yeah, yeah. obviously, if we're talking about outgoings, you know, we will talk about that as well, but there is a, a main set of half is out of contract in the season, so bringing in two isn't the end of the world, is it? Um, when, no. when you look at it as well, plus the other ones that we could potentially lose out in as well, who could potentially go as well. So, I, it's, it's, it's starting to build up a bit of pace now, isn't it? You could say with the old transfer window now, you know, um, Obviously, when you get to the end of the month, it'll end up being fast. It'll be the Fast and Furious, you know, transfer deadline day. You'll be watching Sky Sports News constantly um, at the end of the month just to see what's happening. But yeah, it's looking good. So let's go. To, is there any any other any other areas or anybody? You know, Keith, you mentioned some strikers. Is there anybody out there? You know that you've you've thought about, or else is it just a case you think we need a striker? Is there anybody out there you think you know you know the sort of in the range of range that we could go for if you had a crystal ball? He was nah. a, a Arsenal striker. I think he might be free. Abamian. I think he might be. He might be getting <laughs> Ben Jinky. Come to, Jinky, come to the Teddies. I think that's what we gave him three hundred and fifty grand a week. I think he would. Does it go to Barcelona getting their tattoos? <laughs> um, no, nah, I, I can't think anybody. To be honest, I, I think with Gio coming in and he's all oh, his team coming in and Roy McKay and all these, it's hard to predict. I think because they'll probably come in with a list and saying, "Here's guys that we think are, are right and that we like, and we've had their eye on for a while." Um, maybe that's I mean you just look at Sands and you, you think well did did Gio spy him when he was working with the City group doing some training and, and some you know kind of no coaching badges but just coaching experience he got with the City group he's eyeballing yeah. these guys but it's nobody that we're going to have in our mind um, I suppose the other side I mean if you look at Suter for example that's probably more a, a Ross Wilson one you would think than a Gio one so so maybe there's, there's a, sim, a, a sensible list that Ross Wilson's already had I'm sure there is but I just don't know how much Gio's come in and went, no, actually, you know what, this is the number one boy right here. Um, and I think that Doki guy probably fits into that bracket. Did we have our eye on him? Maybe. But has Gio come in, strengthened the links? Absolutely, you know. It's not it's no coincidence. Like, when Gerard came in, it was all, you know, under-18s and under-20 Liverpool players. Now it's going to be all Dutch guys we're going to be linked with, so it's it's hard to predict, I think. Yeah. yeah think if the director of football model works with Ross Wilson, then, and, and as we saw it, working action when when we brought in Geo um, and he said you know we had Geos on a list of, of people that we were keeping an eye on so you know and if that is working for the managerial appointments then he should be working to the same kind of you know a list of targets you know and if, if we don't get target one then we move down the list kind of thing so Aye. Um, I would like to think Ross Wilson has a dossier uh, of players that he's you know if, if Geo says by all means, if Gio comes along and says, as you said, Keith, that he's my one number one target and I want him because of X, Y, Z. But if it's just a case of Gio goes to him and says, well, I think we need to add a striker, then Ross Wilson goes into the, 
the third drawer down in his desk and brings out the, the striker notes kind of thing and says, right, well, these are the guys that we've already been scouting and here's the, you know, here's target one, two, three, and you know, work their way through that kind of thing. So the director of football model, if it works right, that's how it should work. And uh, Geo coming from European football will be used to that. You know, the majority of times the it's just, you know, you're a head coach and you're, you know, somebody else deals with the transfers. So, you know, we don't know. We are obviously not privy to those conversations, but, you know, yeah. like to think there's a, a list of names there and, and we could go out and go out and get somebody if, if it if it arises that we need to bring in a striker. The Defoe thing, I think you're right. I think Defoe, again, was on the telly. I seen him today um, doing one of the, the FA Cup games. I think he, either as a player or as a coach manager, is going to leave Rangers probably this window. I think I, I would. Uh, and so, if that's the case, you know, and as you said, Keith earlier, relying on Sakala and Roof, who's always injured, to be the backup to Alfie, um, I think is a position that if, it, if that was to come to pass that Defoe leaves, we would need to get another body in there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, like, that seems, it seems, it seems quite a, if, if you looked at that at the end of the window, you know, and we got a few of these a few of these areas filled. You'd be you'd be delighted with that, and obviously as well as you know, almost what we're going to discuss is people leaving as well. Some of the some of these the main guys don't go as well. We'll be we'll be pretty happy with that, wouldn't we? Yep. Yep. Right. Okay. Let's go into let's go into the outgoings then. Um. So the first one, obviously, you know, first deal bit of transfer window that happened was Nathan Patterson going to Everton for a deal worth up to worth up to sixteen million. Not the the two million that the Celtic fans have been telling us for the last couple of weeks, <laughs> we're sent them out for a few ginger bowls. Um, it seems like they're so. In terms of Patterson going to Everton, obviously we're, we're disappointed to see a homegrown player, you know, a young guy who's worked his way through the ranks going. But what a piece of business I think it is for us, isn't it? Keith, I'll go to you first. Yeah. Oh, no. T on you go, T on you go, mate. <laughs> no, just because there was a a, a silence there. Uh, uh, but... Yeah, if 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 the model works, if the model works correctly, then that's that transfer makes sense every time you look at it. It's a it's a homegrown talent that we're going to, we've sold for a club record fee, um, and he goes with our best wishes. It's just it makes complete sense. Um, and if you look at it objectively, he wasn't playing anyway. Um, yeah. You can talk to the merits of that. You know, should he have been getting more game time? And you know, Geo at least was trying to come to some kind. You know, you know, a couple of games he brought Patterson on and played them kind of wide right ahead of Tav, and he was playing left back just now. Uh, sometimes when because Bassi was covering it centre half, at least Geo seemed to be getting him onto the pitch more often. But if you look at it objectively, it's not actually weakened the first eleven because Tav was first choice and was going to be first choice. You know, f- probably for the next couple of years. So, um, it makes complete sense, and I hope he goes down there, absolutely smashes it, and you know is getting a move away from Everton to to one of the traditional top four, top five teams down there in in a couple of seasons. Uh, and he has all the attributes, all the ability to go and I think do that. It was just really disappointing to see Everton started John Joe Kenny ahead of him last <laughs> night in the cup game. Yeah, um, I just couldn't get that. I couldn't get how they they came to that decision. Played they played Seamus Coleman as a centre back as well, which again I would probably I would have rather seen Patterson play there uh, than Seamus Coleman. But um, yeah, no, I, I just I can't see anything but success for him. Um, and hopefully, uh, you know, 
success for him means that you know we get these sell-on fees and, and things triggered for, for Rangers uh, so it can only be a good thing yeah yeah Keith what did you make of the what did you make of Patterson going obviously it's disappointing to see like I said a, a young homegrown player leaving and stuff like that but you know we, we, we can't knock back money like that can you no, I think I mean as as all Rangers fans, I'm sure there's a wee a wee sad moment to to lose them and not get years of service. But I think the the days of that are, are probably gone of a certain quality. Like if we'd Barry Ferguson, uh, we would we would keep him right. Let's not kid ourselves. Um, Scottish football isn't in a position to compete with the wages and the, the finances that, that they get down south. So if a, a big club comes up. Makes sense for us as a club. It makes sense for the player. You know, it's just a, a good deal all round, really. So, um, I think the future we all maybe dreamt for the kid. You know, Rangers captain in five years or whatever. That was never likely to happen. He was going to go. It was just a matter of time. So, um, made sense as Toner says. It wasn't wasn't starting. Twelve to sixteen million for for a, a backup right back. If we're being honest, maybe that's a bit harsh. But that's that's what the kid was for now. Um, is. It's, it's brilliant business for us. Uh, for, you know, if you're getting your club record fee for a backup right back, well, that that sets a good precedent, maybe a good tone for other clubs coming to do business for our, our main men starters, our main forward, our main winger, whatever. We're going to be commanding decent fees. So I think all round it, it was a it was a good bit of business. Although a wee bit sad to see him go, and eh, who knows, maybe we'll see him back again at some point in it, later in his career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I heard that. I heard a good point that someone made. I don't know if it was on social media or anything like that, but they they were saying people were saying about Patterson about him. He could have been our next, you know, disappointing him go. He could have been our next captain. I don't think Patterson was ever going to be like because I don't think he was ever going to be for that long. It was sort of like you know when Danny Wilson first came through, wasn't it? When everybody's like he's destined for things, he just unfortunately went to went to the wrong club at the wrong time. Um, I think for Danny Wilson, but hopefully that won't be the case for for Patterson. And like Toner said, that he'll be kicking on and moving on from, from Everton, going on to bigger and better things from there as well, definitely. But I we wish him nothing but the best. I um, think sorry, they uh, just to, the last our last record transfer was was a right back as well in Alan Hutton and he went at the right time. I think we we cashed in on Hutton exactly when we should have because he was yep. having that purple patch that he was, you know, at the, for six months around about when and, and when we sold him, he was probably one of the best right backs in the world. Never mind Europe, you know. And he was tearing teams apart in the Champions League and stuff like that. And we sold him at the right time, got top dollar for him at that stage. And you forget that Alan Hutton actually went on and played Premier League football for pretty much the rest of his career. You know, with I think he went to Villa after Tottenham and stuff like that as well. And he went abroad. Did he not go to Real Mallorca? He went to Mallorca. Yeah, he played in La Liga as well. Yeah, so for a season, fantastic career. So if if Patterson can go on and you know emulate that success as a you know a proven Premiership level uh, player, and of course I know you do guys don't care, but he's you know it's really good for his Scotland career if he's going to be playing more games as well. I mean he can make that. He was already making that right back position for the national team his own, um, and that can only help um, that part of his game as well and, and he, you're right Keith exactly what you said if we had had somebody like Barry Ferguson you know somebody like Barry Ferguson was coming through a la Billy Gilmer um, recently they're not going to stick about at Ibrox longer than you know obviously the Billy Gilmer thing was a bit different because we we would we never get the we probably never got any use out of him at all but 
you know, we, they're not generational talents is something that's been used to describe somebody like Nathan Patterson, and, and they're not they're not going to stick about in the, the Scottish League for too long. So we wouldn't have got that service out of them that we're talking about. Uh, and good luck to the kid. I think yeah, definitely. Definitely good point. And uh, Stephen O'Donnell must be shitting himself for the Scotland right back spot now. Um, looking <laughs> at that as well. So. So, 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 so let's look at some of the, some of the other outgoings that that, that, be, that looks like it's, it might happen. You know, um, some of the ones that I was just sort of thinking off the top of my head is you know guys like Brandon Barker. You know, I think he's been sitting there and he's no this sniff for, for you know he, he never had a sniff this whole season as well, and he hardly had any last season. So, hopefully, you'd, you'd like to think that we'll maybe get rid of him this window as well. It looks like Simpson will be on his way as well. Um, as well, and then I seen in the paper stuff about Lundstrom as well potentially going to Middlesbrough on loan, um, as well. I mean, but when you think about let, let's put Barker and Simpson. Well, let's put Barker. You, you know, I think we all sort of agree. You know that you know I think his time's up and it's time for him to go elsewhere, isn't it? I, Definitely. Yeah. If we can get somebody to take him, it's probably going to be the challenge, isn't it? But if yeah, we can, I think then, so. I am sure you know get him off the wage book. Uh, wage bill is what it's all about. Yep, yep, and then Simpson, it's just no work to the lad. You know, we don't wish him any harm or anything like that, but um, he's, I think he played against Motherwell, the home game at Ibrooks, um, the one each game. And um, I noticed something that day that I, that, that, that I, I don't think I've, I've, I've seen before and seen since in, in the Gerard era, now into the Geo era, was we used to, we pass the ball a lot between our two centre halves. More than anything, that, that that's where most of our play starts from. And they, they too can go back and forth a few times. I noticed in that game that Goldson very rarely passed the ball to Simpson. You know, that game, I think that told you a lot about maybe it's the boys' confidence or just they didn't believe it, you know, what happened. But his career's pretty much, you know, his Rangers career's been pretty much non-existent, you know, since then. Like I say, we don't wish the kid any, any bad luck or anything, any, any um, bad wishes or anything like that. But I think he's, you know, his time's up as well. What do you think about that, Keith? Aye, aye. And I, I think, you know, it seems to be a bit of chatter about Leon King signing that new deal and he, we see him, you know, he, the, the kind of onus is you're getting this new deal but now you need to go and compete with the first team squad. So, you know, he's probably... I, I would rather him be the backup, if we're being honest, than, yeah. than, than Simpson. Simpson's never looked like he's settled. He's never looked confident. So let, let's get him out the door and give Scottish Youth a chance and, and you know, see what we can do with that. Yeah. Tona, what do you make of Simpson? Would you be quite happy to see him go or do you think you would... Prefer to keep him about just in case. I think I think the biggest thing <laughs> just, about Simpson just is just in case. <laughs> sorry, what was that? Sorry, I just said just in case, just in case we need him. In case somebody spills a tea or something like that, and somebody <laughs> mop it up or what, I don't was, know what. That was that was terrible for me. I apologise for that. <laughs> just like have him in a have him in a glass box, break an <laughs> emergency kind of thing. <laughs> um, not breaking unless no, we're playing Celtic. I think again, and we mentioned. Simpson's been there. Simpson's a centre half, um, and he can't get in the team ahead of our backup left back who's been playing centre half. So I think that tells you everything. Um, should, again, it just shows you on paper the Simpson signing made absolute sense. A guy with you know some Premiership experience, some Championship experience down south should have been, you know, been able to come up to Scotland and 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 play. Um, even as a kind of third or fourth choice, uh, but any time he's been near the team, you've, you've got no confidence in him. Um, uh, uh, it just hasn't worked out, and that that that's what happens. And he was another one that we brought in. Kind of, we agreed a chance uh, an early. Uh, we agreed a contract for the end of the season, and we brought him in early 
So yep. there's one that has worked. Um, you know, I would say Scott Wright and Kamara have worked in, yep. that, in that sense, but Samson didn't. And then, uh, you know, the thing is, he'll go, we'll get rid of him and we'll maybe get, we could maybe still get a million quid in for him. A guy we brought in for a nominal fee. And, you know, we put a, if we put a 10% sell-on clause or something like that as well, he goes down and he plays for QPR or somebody like that, or Middlesbrough as well, somebody else that was linked to him, and he has six months of decent playing for them. He then moves for five million pound. You know, it, it, we've seen it with Martin Waghorn. If you if you both here remember that, that he yeah. left us and we, we sold him for a couple of hundred thousand, and within a year he was going for seven or eight million quid to to Derby, wasn't it? So. That's um, why Darby and so much bother paying money back for him. That's another point for another day. But, um, but it's, the, it's how the English machine works down there. Yeah. And, you know, Because yeah, down there and looks half decent for six months to a year. He's then being sold for, you know, multi-million pound transfer. So good luck. Again, good luck to him. He, he's, he's come up here. I don't think he's ever... He's obviously not intentionally been shite, but he's he hasn't he hasn't been <laughs> he hasn't been to the standard that we need, and um, you know he goes out, he can move on and and go and get on with his career somewhere else. Yeah, definitely. Oh, no, your words are like poetry sometimes, mate. I got to tell you that it's not his fault he's been shite. <laughs> Aye, brilliant. That's my um, my English degree coming in, you know. <laughs> Aye, and then guys, one of the other ones, like I said, I just mentioned there that I wanted to sort of get your opinion on as well was, you know, Lundstrom potentially going. What do you? What do you think about that? Would you be quite happy to see him going if now that Sands is in to maybe cover that sort of defensive position? You know, I'm, I'm understanding. Believe he's he's on a massive wage as well. Um, in terms of wages, what do you think? Would you be happy to see him getting off the wage bill? Would you uh, again rather he, he stayed about and fit, fought for his place? Because when Gio came in, was it the game against Hibs? He came on and played centre. You know, sort of almost centre half for the for the last uh, five ten minutes, and he done all right there. And when he's came on under Gio, he has been he has done all right, but he hasn't. I don't think he started under Gio, actually, has he? I think he's maybe started one... I think he started the St Johnston home game in the league. Um, but if if the rumours are true and he's on... You know, he's... As far as what I've seen, there's apparently a rumour going about that he's the highest paid player at the, the club. Um, you know, being paid more than Alfie, being paid more than uh, Tav and, you know, could be one of the stumbling blocks for, you know, Goldson saying, that, you know, I'm the... I've been here and and he's just waltzed in and isn't even playing and is getting you know more than me kind of thing. If that's true, then by all means get him off the wage bill. I mean he's not playing. He's probably at the moment he's probably at least third, if not fourth choice in the centre of midfield. If you, and now you've got Sands in there as well. Um, again, it's, we've brought him in. Premiership quality should have been walking into our team, but hasn't really impressed apart from. He scored a cracking goal against Hearts um, and the, the one each draw earlier in the season. But I think you can probably count the kind of good games he's had in the, the fingers of one hand. So, it's I mean, it, for somebody that's earning that amount of money in the Scottish Premier League, he's got to be the main man. He's got to be one of the best players in the, the division. And he's certainly not that on the evidence so far. Yeah. yeah. Keith, what do you think about it? Would you like, would you prefer to see him, you know, Going or fighting for his fighting for his opportunity again. Um, I, I don't know. I think as a player, I think he, he was under under Gerard. He, he was starting to find his feet, and I think we can be quick to say. And, and Tono's right to say, like he's on that amount of money, you know. Then he, he should be coming up and doing the business, and and that is that is fair. But 
at the same point, he's human, it takes time to adapt. It's you know, he's come into a, a different totally different style. You know, he's he's came for a, a Sheffield United team who were happy with a draw half the games they play and a, a totally different atmosphere and a different way of playing tactics that were quite complicated in, in Gerrard's midfield. Um, but at, at the same time, so I, I think as a player, I would be happy to keep him about and give him more time and see what he's got. But I'm not there day to day. I don't know how the manager feels about him. If they obviously they you know want to play one six and it's Kamara as as the first choice by quite a bit, then it, it does start to beg the question. And if the bench backup option is Stephen Davis rather than John Lundstrom, that that is a worry for for the sort of money. So if they're not going to play him, absolutely get shot at him. Personally, I think there's a player in there that we could make good use of, but if, if the management team don't agree and they want to get rid of him, then I get him off the wage bill and hopefully we can make better use of his high wages. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think we should. I, I, I would like to see him probably go and get off the wage bill as well because I've, I mean, I think there is there is definitely a player in there, but there's there's better players ahead of him. You know, like Kamara, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't see Kamara sitting on the bench ahead of him for talking sakes. Um, in there as well, and if let's like say if he's rumored to be on that much that amount of money, then yeah, I would say get him out, and you know we can use that money to better effect. Better it be like if they if we want to tie down Golson to a new to a new deal with some of that money, or else bring in you know more players with it, then then so be it. Is there just before we sort of go into the next sort of stuff, guys, and looking at the the fixtures for the next couple of uh, the next few weeks ahead? Um, is there anybody else that you see? Anybody else particularly leaving? Any players or anything like that that you maybe see going? Like you said, we mentioned Golson's at a contract at the end of the season. Do you see us cashing in on him or trying to negotiate a new deal with him? What else is there? Anybody else out there that you think might go? Obviously, there's been talk of, you know, Aribo and, you know, there's obviously all, all this paper talk and all that about him, but do you see anybody else leaving? Um, I don't know, is the honest answer. I think, you know, all clubs in, in the world are selling clubs these days, you know. So there's there's no doubts if, if somebody phones us and says there's whatever number it's going to take to get Glenn Kamara or Joe Rebo or, or, or Ken or Arfield or, or Morelos, or, you know, pick, pick a name, any name, right? There's, there's a number that we're going to do business at for every single player on our books. So anything's possible. You, you just don't know. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some offers for Kamara or Rebo from... from uh, from Gerard, I think, I think probably are, you know is, is an easy one to say, but are from the Premiership. I, I think Aribo and Kamara are on good form and fit the fit the building. They're both okay. They don't represent England, but they were born in England. They were trained in England. You know that's the that's the the background. So they'll have contacts in there. A lot of people know them. A lot of people like them, and they're playing well. So I wouldn't be surprised. That Kent's another one that, that's an easy sell down south, but. I, I don't know, man. Uh, personally, for me, I would have sold Conor Goldson in the summer. I would get him off the books in January if I could. If we're not going to keep him, again, he's on high wages. You know, we need to strengthen the centre-half anyway. I'd be looking to shift him this month, to be totally honest. But I don't know. We're not talking to the guy. Maybe under under Gio, he's, he's, he's happy to stay and he's, he's hungry again. And, you know, I, I don't know. It's really hard to, to gauge. But I would say we've got some sellable assets and I wouldn't be surprised if there's some big offers, but I'd like to see us not sell more than one more, you know, so if somebody comes in for Aribo and Kamara, for example, uh, you know, we can't be selling both, we, we need to be very careful, maybe one more big deal is all we can do, and it has to be for, for big, big bucks, would be my view. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that, Tony, do you agree as well, mate? Yeah, totally, yeah, no, I, I would like to think that the some of the Patterson money is going to go to be 
strengthening somebody like Aribo's contract or something like that as well to make sure he stays around. And that you know, if we increase his contract, um, you know, his weekly wage that then drives his price up further as well. In terms of that's how the how it works, and yeah. you don't know whether they put in a minimum a minimum transfer clause and all that kind of stuff. Um, but definitely, you know, you don't know. Especially with the transfer window, you don't know. The deadline day comes along, and you know there's Harry Redknapp on the phone offering you silly money. Do you know what I mean? So I know that's not obviously what's going to happen now. But Keith's right. He, each one of our players has a has a has a price, and I think the Patterson deal sets the tone that you know Everton were trying to get him for five million pounds in the summer, and then come back with seven, and and eventually it was up to twelve, and plus the add-ons. Do you know what I mean? So and we've you know. Whilst it's an undisclosed fee, um, you know it's out there in the in, in the kind of public domain of of what we've what we've agreed the fee uh, for. So it sets that tone, it sets that price, and that Rangers aren't soft touches in the market any longer and stuff like that. So if they do yeah. want Alfie, if they do want Aribo, if they do want Kent, they're going to have to pay the price. And, and I think Keith, you're saying there, if Gerald comes back and he's looking to buy, um, you know, one of the prize assets then he'll know the price he'll know what you know what we were looking for when he was there um obviously he'll try and wiggle around that because we've seen that he's you know not the man of integrity we thought he was um <laughs> but you know if he's you know and if he's got the checkbook that's able to go and pay the half the wages for Coutinho uh, to bring him to Aston Villa then you know he can certainly pay up the 20 odd million or whatever we were looking for for or one of our prize assets, and then you know, if we do sell, I think you're right, which can lose both, or, or we can lose more than one. But you know, if we do sell another player for that kind of up to towards the 20 million pound mark, we, you know, that definitely then has to get re, you know, Geo has to get the money, has to be given money to go out and buy. You know, and I think they were talking about it being seven or seven and a half million or whatever for the boy Olsen from uh, from Bologna. You know, if that's what it is, uh, and that you know is who Gio wants to go and bring in, then he needs to be given that money. If if, if it's going to be two million pound to get the boy from from Arnhem uh, over, then you know again, if we've, we've made a big sale, then you know it starts opening up different parts of the market to us as well. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, yeah. A couple of weeks anyway, um, for us as well. So we just need to guess. We just need to wait and see what happens, but. In terms of that, looking ahead to the next couple of weeks as well, guys, you know, we've got about 10 minutes or so to, do, to discuss this, but the the fixtures, obviously, due to the due to the, the league getting closed, like we mentioned earlier, there is a, going to be, the games are going to be pretty fast and, the, fast and furious here coming up as well. So let, let, let me go over the games then that Rangers have got until, um, you know, we've got them until pretty much right all the way up. It's pretty, it's, it's, it's mental when, when you think about it. It looks like it's, Pretty much every midweek, weekend, midweek, weekend, all the way through now. And like they also mentioned as well, there isn't any scope for any games to get cancelled. So if the weather ends up getting bad, it's a taste of tough titty, isn't it? You know, so, so. but let, let me let me rhyme off the games to you then and then we'll, we'll have a chat about them. So first game starts off Aberdeen away on Tuesday the 18th of January um, and then it goes to Stirling Albion at home on the Friday the 21st. And then again, Livy away on the Wednesday, uh, Livy at home, sorry, on Wednesday the 26th. Ross County away on the 29th of January, which is a Saturday. And then we've got the Old Forum game on the Wednesday, uh, the 2nd of February, going ahead then. Hearts at home on Sunday the 6th. 
and then you've got Hibs away, uh, Hibs at home on Wednesday the ninth, and then it's the Scottish Cup, and then after that we've got Dortmund in there as well. So the games are we've got the two Dortmund games in there as well. Dundee United away. It's 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 fast and the furious pretty much right up until the international break, which is in March time. Um, in there as well, guys. So that, that that's just some of the games that I sort of mentioned there. It's going to be it's going to be great for us as fans to see them playing so often. But the, you know, it's it's a lot of games to get in. And some very important games, Keith, that we mentioned when we were talking beforehand as well. You know, when you think about it, you know, a few tricky away games going up to um, going to Pataudry. Ross County's always a, can be a dangerous place, and then obviously Celtic as well, and then a few difficult home games in there. I uh, I mean. 13 games in seven weeks or something like that it is once we once we start back up until you mention it the international break that is a well in fact it'll be 14 assuming that we uh, get through in the in the Scottish Cup that there'll be a, a Scottish Cup tie in the the week of the weekend of the 12th so that's a, that's another game right so as you say thick and fast I some tough games Pataudry, Sharkhead we mentioned earlier you know the rescheduled ones Ross County in the 29th of Jan you mentioned the weather who knows what that'll be like and then Hearts and, and Hibs three days apart at Ibrox that, that, that can be tough and then you get Dortmund and ah oh man there's, there's very very few easy games to be honest I mean if you look down the mall you know we end away to Pataudry again that's the last that's the start of the, the run and it's, a, it's the end of the run um, so aye there's, there's, there's a lot of tough games it'll be um, it'll be interesting to see where where we are I'm sure the other side of the city have got a tough run as well and thick and fast as, the same as us so It'll be, you know, that international break come there. It'll, I'd like to see what league table's going to look like. It'll be really interesting, really exciting times for, for the fans, but really tough times for the, the management and the players, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, Tona, that's one thing that Keith said as well. You know, like, it's not just like us who have got this. Every team in the league now, because of the situation that's happened, are going to be like this, where every game's going to be thick and fast and furious, isn't it? Well, yeah, and obviously we, we send our best wishes to uh, our friends in the East End and their their hamstrings, um, you know, because <laughs> they, never, they never stop, apart from when it's half-time and full-time. So uh, <laughs> the, the schedule of games is going to take its toll on everybody and, and every team's going to pick up injuries here and there. So it's it's... Back we're going back to the transfer window, and that's where we need to make sure our squad is robust and and has options, and you can rest players and stuff like that, and in, in different um in different games. Uh, I mean, the team that would walk out at Parkhead should, in theory, not be the same team that plays at home to Livingston and things like that. So you should be able to rotate, um, and and get full value out your squad. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be hectic, but. That's, I think, I think the decision that's been made by the, the governing bodies to do this, and, and it, it, it's just they need to stick to it, and they can't now say, you know, if if uh, a friend Alf, Alf, Alf Roberts from uh, from home and away sticks his hand up to say, you know, oh, I've got all these injuries, I've got the guys away playing for Japan and stuff like that. Then, you know, you made your, you know, you guys made your bed. We're going to have to play the games because yep. there's no. There's nowhere to factor in, um, unless they've got another tour of Japan coming up at the end of the season and stuff like that as well. We can fit games in after the split or something like that. But it's it's just it is just going to be a hectic run and going into that period being six points ahead as we are just now. 
we do, you know, we're not looking. To, we're obviously not looking to drop any points, but at least we've got that buffer. We we are going to drop points. We're not going to go through to the end of us. You know, I don't think anyone thinks we're going to get through to the end of the season without losing a game or drawing a game. But so are Celtic. I mean, they are thinner on the ground already. With you know, I think and they've brought in these other boys for Japan, and and you know, they're also looking at other targets and stuff. But I think we've got the best squad in the division. And, you know, when we're in a strong position being top of the league, uh, there's nothing to fear in any of these games. But, um, you know, as Keith said, that was, you know, on paper, each, each of them have got their, you know, their pitfalls. So we've just got to approach them as professionally as we can. And at the end of the day, we're Rangers. We should be going into these games confident of coming away with the majority of the wins. Maybe not against Dortmund, but certainly at domestic level. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. But like, obviously, we've got the we've got the European game in there, which is which is a great advantage. Would you, you know, and seeing somebody like Dortmund in there as well is going to be brilliant for iBooks. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to all the games actually now because it feels like we've no. It, it seems like almost a wee bit like last year where we haven't. It feels like we haven't been at iBooks for absolutely ages um, because of this. Um, um, because of everything that they've, they've decided to do. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I think this team as well, Keith, I, I think this team plays better when they're when it's fast like this, when it's a when it's midweek Saturday, you know, midweek Saturday Sunday, whenever it is. But I think they I think this team performs better when it's like. Do you agree with that? I I think anybody that's that's played football at any level, like I remember when I was thirteen playing football. You you would prefer game after game than than training, you know. Like see when see when they're like, oh, training's cancelled. We've got a cup game or something midweek. You'd be like, yes, let's go. Do you know what I mean? You want <laughs> to be playing games, and it, it's good for. As T said, you drop points. You know what? You don't need to look that far ahead until there's an opportunity to put it right again because the, the next game's right on top of you. You're not feeling sorry for yourself. You're getting ready to go the next the next game, which is a must win because every game is. Do you know what I mean? So, now nah, I think um, I'm sure the players will be looking forward to it and. It's a wee bit, you feel like uh, you're up against it, you know, you're a wee bit under pressure and that's when hopefully we get the best out of the players. We've seen that pattern in the past where we've done better when we've been in Europe and then when, you know, there's been the breaks and we've not been in Europe, the, the form's dipped. So hopefully, you know, having that coming up in these games all the time just gets the best out of them, as you say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. And it's going to be, like I said, it is going to, it is going to be really exciting. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to the next couple of months and Friday that we can get back into the stadium. Hopefully we, we can get back in because we have missed, you know, missed so much last season and then already missing games this season as well. It's a, it's a, it is a sore one um, to take as well. But hopefully, like I said, hopefully we'll be, we'll be back in and getting it going. And like, Tony, Tony, you made a good point there when you said, you know, our team against Celtic shouldn't be the team that talking six plays, plays Livy at home and stuff like that. Do you, do, do you, do you envisage Geo making, Making a lot of significant changes during these games because Gerard Gerard didn't, did he? So, do you think Gio will make those changes? I think it's interesting to see because I don't know about you guys. I think, uh, well, I, I'm going to say this. I think Gio hasn't rotated the squad as much as Gerard would have. Mm-hmm. I think Gio has stuck to a a core of about nine maybe players that have played every game. I think if you were to go back through, apart from the Leon game where. You know, there was obviously massive changes because it was a dead rubber. Um, I think he stuck pretty much to the a set, you know, team. So he might be one of these guys, you know, back to when Advocate. I think Advocate was very much like that. He had a first eleven, and, and 
you know, only very rarely would that change. So he might be of that opinion that you've got your strongest team and you play that as, as often as you can. But in this, with this schedule, there's got to be some rotation. And I mean, the sports scientist guys will be in his ear and say, no, you know, you've got to offload these guys and, you know, get, get them some rest, especially if you're playing, you know, every every couple of days. The good thing for us is, is and as you've both touched on, we're used to that. We're used to that with our European schedule and stuff like that. Whereas, you know, some of the teams we're going to be coming up against, like, yeah, um, you know, your SPL, SPFL level teams aren't used to that at all, having, you know, not having to play that schedule of games. So it'll be interesting when, you know, it's when we'll see the benefits of, of having had that schedule to deal with before, where we might be able to, you know, it might be motoring on in games late on when, when they're starting to tire and we might see a lot of kind of, you know, tight games, but we us prevailing because we've got that superior fitness and that superior um, knowledge of how to play the, that schedule. You know, yeah, yeah, that is that. That's a good point, isn't it, Keith? You know, us being able to, we're used to playing this. You know, because of European um, fixtures that we've had over the past few years, whereas a lot of these teams don't. So that could end up coming into our, coming into our advantage. Absolutely, you see it with teams that <clears throat> um, you go down down, down south in England. And you get these teams like Burnley who randomly make Europe and then it just knocks them for six because they don't know how to handle it. it absolutely, you know, these teams will struggle. And squad depth will come into play as well. We've got somebody, I think, to you mentioned it, we've got the best squad in, in, the, in the country. That's going to help us because there, there will need to be rotation. And I think, to, to the point you made, though, that Gio's rotation is probably more intelligent than Gerard. Gerard was like, oh, there's seven players out and another seven in. That's that's no rotation, that's fucking about, you know, whereas Gio's going to go, right, Scott, right, you're in right wing, and I feel just starting in midfield. Next game, it's Aribo, you're in midfield, and Hadji, you're right wing, you know, and then Kenzo out and Sakala's in, so it's one or two changes almost every game that just keep it fresh and keep keep people getting that wee offload, so I think I think we'll, we'll, we'll do well. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. I'm really looking forward to this, um, and I think we'll, we'll show our strength um, over the next couple of months, and and charge on ahead in this league, but guys, I think that's a good time to good time to call it for the for, for this week, guys. So, um, all I can say is, Toner, thank you for coming on. Always a pleasure to have you on, mate. Cheers for that. No, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, and uh, hopefully, hopefully it sounds okay in the record without uh, my my swearing all the way through it. <laughs> no, it's all good, all good. And as always, Keith, thanks very much, mate. Cheers, mate. Good to chat and good to have tea on as well. Right, it was good. Uh, we should probably tea get you on a wee bit more. This has been fun, man. Enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. Definitely, definitely. And guys, we'll be back soon discussing all things Rangers. Until then, thanks very much. Cheers. Cheers, all. Thank you.